Welcome to 360 Timmy, the podcast with interesting people in 360 degrees. You can listen on all major music streaming services and watch on YouTube by going to youtube.com forward slash at 360 Timmy. Hello everyone, welcome again to another 360 Timmy. Today we are at Bow House Gardens and House in Wiltshire. Uh, and today my special guest is Alison Edgar, MBE. Hi Tim, lovely to have I'll be here today in beautiful, wonderful Wiltshire. It is, absolutely. Good to see you and welcome. Um, so Alison, I, I, there are many things I can say here, but Alison, first and foremost, is a, a mentor, I guess, to entrepreneurs. Entrepreneur's um, godmother, even. Entrepreneur's yeah. godmother, yeah. You're an author. Yeah, two books. You are a mentor for a TV show as well for yeah. for, new, for new startup. Yeah, Ready, Set, Startup, Amazon um, Prime. So, uh, yeah, just really explore that kind of life story. So where did it all begin? Where did your where did your journey to business begin? Well, not with any plans to do any of those things, to be honest. I never really uh, planned to start a business or set up a business. Um, my background originally was hospitality. So I am from Clydebank, which is just outside Glasgow. And I loved going to school, but I hated the education. So as it turned out, I um, was later in life diagnosed dyslexic. I had great parents and one of the things they taught me was really focus on the things that you enjoy and are good at and it was people so I really love people so the hospitality worked in really well so uh, I traveled the world for six years I worked for Radisson in Sydney Southern Suns in Cape Town is that hosp- that's hospitality? That's all hospitality yep. yeah hospitality management then when I came back to Scotland I worked for BT in the first ever call center that they opened so That taught me, again, when it's delivered correctly, sales and customer service is the same thing because the skills I needed for both roles were identical, really. I was rather curious about that. So going from hospitality to selling BT Global Services, how how did that come about? same thing. Like, you only sell what somebody needs. And in in hospitality, you find what somebody needs because they pretty much tell you. So that worked really well, to be fair. And then I had been working with BT, then Dow Egbert, the coffee company, and then Yellow Pages for 15 years I did Yellow Pages and then I was in a room in Bristol and the CEO said that Google thing will never catch on and I think when you stop believing in what you sell it becomes really difficult so I had no idea at all what I was going to do and uh, I phoned my friend Lorraine and she said you're going to set up your own business to teach people to sell the way that you do so I did and it went really well and that's where I met again a lot of young entrepreneurs became the entrepreneur's godmother and then decided that I would write the book and the rest shall we say is history and then during lockdown I was writing the second book smash it the art of getting what you want and we ended up um, an MBE email dropped so uh, that's like, that's like, so that was the queen's birthday honors of queen's 2020 2020 so it was the it was during the covid days when usually you don't tell anybody for about a week yeah i had to keep it secret for five months Crikey. that was a long time <laughs> so and who invested you uh it was prince william prince of wales now and oh it went so well because um we got in conversation and he mentioned that he's got an entrepreneurial charity called the Earthshot Prize. And he said, oh, would you like to help with that? And I said, yes, sir, how do we make that magic happen? And I said, why don't your people contact my people? And again, it was it was just such a lovely conversation. Um, so, yeah, that was good. And then... Uh, uh, so, and that's really the, the whole thing in business, isn't it? Connections. All the time. Yeah. And, and I think also 
um, not just the connections, but identifying them as connections. Like, what yeah. can you do? How can you? I mean, the second book is called Smash at the Art of Getting What You Want. So ultimately, here we are. <laughs> you know, when you when you love your life, I think that pretty much everybody would want what they want, but yeah. a lot of people don't know how to get it. And I'm sort of notorious for it, as we saw <laughs> when we entered uh, the, the place we're at now. So, you know, you can, that's a, you can teach people that. Oh, cattle oh. grid coming up here. Cattle Sorry, grid, we just have to be grid. careful not to fall down the cattle grid. No, I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm safe and I'm well. So, I, I guess, well, a couple of things to unpack to the book. Um, it, it's, it's a self-help book, but what I liked about it is you actually have got to put some work in. So you read the book, you've got elements of self-autobiography in there as well, yeah, you drop yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, And then every so often, you have to break and do a task, and you literally have to write in the book. Yeah. And it kind of builds up, I think, to the end, where you've got a crescendo of all the things that you've set up in the book all come together. Yeah, I mean, when I was writing it, I had never read a personal development or a self-help book, so I think that was challenging because you've got you've not learned it from another person if that makes sense a lot of uh, people in this space have been on somebody's course or have followed that I had never done that so I had to unpack my life and how I live my life and what I do with my life to achieve what I've achieved or you know set set goals or just to try and help other people and that's the purpose like because because of the dyslexia you think oh I can't do this and a lot of people and again, it's interesting that the completion rate of the book is a lot of people go, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do whatever it is. And they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. Actually, to get what you want or achieve your goals, you've, you can't, I don't believe that you can manifest it and go, make that happen. You've got to take action to achieve it. And But the, the sort of statistic that started the book was... According to Inc. magazine, only 8% of people achieve their goals. So I had to work out, well, why is that? And I think a lot of people don't set goals. Um, and then a lot of people give up through fear of rejection, fear of change, fear of what other people think. Um, because any amount of change takes that effort. But the only reason you can stay focused on any change is your purpose for change. And if that why, if the why is strong, you can't go wrong. But again, so many people don't have a strong enough purpose. And I, I notice a lot of the, um, the language in the book is around the pandemic and COVID. I assume it was mainly written in that period. It was written and that was an unusual thing because I had written it without any mention of it. <laughs> um, and we went back and did the edits because they were so relevant at the time. But I still think people did come through it, that it still has got, you know, a lot of people, you know, we were restricted during COVID. But again, you can still keep your goals. And I talk about this in the book as well. Like one of the goals was to go on holiday with my family. And I couldn't do it because we weren't allowed to go anywhere. But I kept the goal. I just changed the time frame. Yeah. So it's okay to push the time frame back, especially through circumstance. So, yeah, that's it. I felt that it resonated because everybody did really go through that at that, at that time. Yeah. And I guess you probably didn't at the time it was published No where it was going to go because no idea. we were starting to see companies say that they were all going to fully work from home, yeah. which is really going to change the fabric of business, isn't it? And the yeah. way you interact with people. Yeah. So you, some of the things you introduced in the book, I think there was um, a session about how you look at um, body language on 
on the virtual calls. Yeah, and, I, and that's still relevant because still a lot of business does get done in Zoom and it's like how you uh, build that relationship when it's somebody that you've never met before. And of course, even the fact of camera on, camera off, that gives you a clue to their behaviour. So, yeah, and I, I haven't really seen anybody going into that, that type of content before. And it's, um, it's great because my, my background is project uh, delivery and uh, what you break down, you've got Alison's big balls as you call I it. I have, Alison Edgar's big balls, they are trademarked those big balls and everything. <laughs> so it starts at ping pong, tennis ball and uh, basketball, it doesn't does, it? It does, yeah. And you want to get the basketballs out before they hit you on the, on the head. The, you do, and I think it's what's quite interesting with this, because uh, a lot of people will know um, Stephen Covey's Rocks in the Jar, but it's actually based on the Eisenhower Quadrant. Um, which was created by President Eisenhower. And if we look, it's similar to how you manage your time, but nobody has gone into how disparity of balls between your colleagues or your friends or other people affects communication yeah. and affects you getting what you want. So I feel that I took a new contemporary view to that. You certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely raised some red flags at my uh, trademark solicitor. They're like, what's that all about? And also, uh, so you, you talk about breaking goals and big tasks down into small, more manageable chunks. Yeah, for sure. It's and, definitely. Um, Hi guys. Sorry, I know you're filming, but you can't be on this side of the grass. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're on pi private side. Of the oh, okay. okay. Sorry. Okay, no worries. Thank you. Thank you. Oops. Oh, that's a shame. Oh. I've had that happen before. Oops. I'll keep this in, I think. Well, that's good then. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's what happens, it's isn't it? Keep it real. It's, keep it real. Keep I should real. just say, um, we, we got permission to film here today, but we've... What we've done is, in, unfortunately, gone into the wrong part of the estate. So <laughs> we've got to the see park. the amazing lake, which is what we were after doing. Yeah. So well, we're nearly on our way back now to the house anyway. Yeah, so that's saying. it. So we'll keep that. We'll keep that in. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, what, what I was saying was about breaking down things into smaller chunks. And I was saying that uh, you know the kind of industry I work in, IT, agile. Is, yeah. That's a, that's a very much a theme there, where you break things into smaller chunks. You work on it for two weeks. You, it's a quicker route to market for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so that's what you're, you're driving to do. So I, I, yeah, I saw a lot of uh, connection there. I think that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing when you look at it from a project perspective, uh, if you look at as part of your project would be the basketball, you know, I've yeah. got to get this done, I've got to get this done at this time and this is how I've got to do it. But when you're working with somebody else, they sometimes treat your basketball as a ping pong ball. Yeah. And that's where the disparity of the balls breaks the communication. It means the project doesn't get done at the right time. Yeah. So it, it just is taking it onto a different dimension, really. And I think I also like the behaviours thing you did with, with colours and, and different types of personalities. Everybody loves that bit, honestly. Yeah. And I get people who have read the book and go, I think I'm a yellow red, or I think I'm a green, or I think I'm a blue. So again, that's based on, oh, big hell now. Oh, yes. Big hell time. Whoa. <laughs> uh, We're doing it all this one, aren't we? Woohoo, that's good for my steps. <laughs> um, if you look at that, again, it's based on Carol Young's psychology, William Walton Morrison's disc. But I live and breathe my life like that. And again, coming back to the art of getting what you want, like if you understand someone, their motivators and behaviours, then you can work with them. If you don't, you won't. So that's that was that was the second book. And you were saying that the first book, yeah. Secrets of Successful, Successful Sales, yeah. Was a was a bit more condensed. Yeah, not it so was much. Forty-six thousand word, no tasks. <laughs> so people would read it, love it, but whether they took action, I do think they did. To be fair, oh, hang on, going over the cattle grid again. Again, yeah. Oop, look at that. Ta -da! Like a <laughs> <laughs> 
So the, the two complement each other, because you mentioned uh, in Smash It, yeah. someone's example of negotiation from the first book. So yeah. they're, they're, they're complementary, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I, <sighs> I hate to say this out loud because people are like, oh, but everything you do in your life is a sale. But so many people lack confidence in that area. And they're yeah. like, Ooh, like, I mean, an example, like when we were coming in, I'm negotiating and on the ticket prices and everything. Yeah. I'm, you know, so many people wouldn't do that. So if you look at how, like, how do you save money when you buy a car? How do you uh, make more money when you sell your house? Like if you're a trained salesperson, you know that stuff like the back of your hand. But if you never worked in sales and you think, oh, sales, dirty, sleazy, wouldn't want to go out of my comfort zone, then you wouldn't use any of those techniques. But you can do it not in a salesy, pushy way. Yeah. You just build a strong relationship and then, you know, sort of move in from there. So, obviously what's gone into the book, you've, you've used with mentoring entrepreneurs over the years as well. Yeah, yeah. What, what sort of sectors do they work in and what sort of success have they had? Oh, so much, very different sectors. Um, if we look at somebody like Ben Towers, who's our mutual friend, you know, he started off in the like websites. He was <laughs> developing websites from age 11. So, um, and then I've got Simon, he's in the flood sector. I've got people who are in manufacturing. You know, I've worked, I'm not industry specific and I'm just about to do an event for farmers. So I've done some work in rural economy and farming because with processes are the same yeah you know it doesn't matter what you're doing the process is the same very transferable yeah completely and more recently you've done a, well you call it a reality tv show i guess yeah it yeah. is reality bizarre um so it's on amazon prime and it's called ready set startup and what it does it's a cross between dragon's den and apprentice really and they um start with i think it's 10 entrepreneurs with different businesses and then you've got an overall winner who wins a hundred thousand pound investment so uh, i was the mentor on the show for the the team so it was great i just uh you know i think my my career's evolved to the tv stuff and the speaking stuff and i think i've just found what i was born to do yeah i, I find it quite natural to sort of be on camera, I find it quite natural to stand up in front of a room of a thousand people. Um, and obviously I want to get better and I want to do, you know, hashtag bring my hashtag best life in there. Um, but I love it and I think that's, you know, why do I do it is making the impact. Yeah. And why do I keep pushing forward? Because again, a lot of people would just stop because if people don't know who I am, I can't help them. Yeah. So it's my duty to keep pushing sort of the personal brand of myself so that people will read the book and it will change their life. So that's why I've got to keep going every day to make sure the brand keeps going and people know who I am. Yeah, and I, th I have to say, today's the first time we've met. Yeah. But we've been in contact over about five years, I think. Yeah, definitely. Via Instagram. Yeah. And uh, certainly, I think through the pandemic, a lot of your videos helped me a lot. I mean, that's that, that's where it kind of comes in, doesn't it? These small, short form yeah. videos on social media certainly help. And also, like, during the pandemic, I made a conscious effort not to um, make the team redundant or furloughed. So we had to bring revenue in for payroll. And the girls are like, what are we going to do? I'm like, you're going to pimp me out on LinkedIn for 20 quid a ticket. <laughs> and that's what we did. We did different topics. People would pay 20 quid because a lot of them were on furlough and had time. And it paid the wages and it allowed us to be able to create the next book. And in terms of your speaking activity then, so where does that take you in the year? What, what is that just UK or is that 
all, all over, over the world. world. Yeah. Um, you know, we did a jazz who's in my team. We went to Ibiza. We had a great gig in Ibiza. I did some work in Malaga. I've been to Kuwait, Poland, Rocky. all over the world, which I, I love because I love to travel. So it combines two things that I love at the same time. But, you know, I think sometimes I have to pinch myself because... I started the business at age 46 with no clients at all, so no clients. Um, and I ended up, now I'm working with things like Adobe, Amazon, MetLife, Louis Vuitton, Moy Hennessy, Porsche, DHL, like Fortune Crikey. 500. I know from nowhere, no, I had no clients whatsoever. So I think it's, it's just been a, an interesting, um, you know, movement and in, in how if I can do it, other people can do it as well. So Absolutely. I think it gives people confidence to achieve their goals and dreams. Now, as we look out over this beautiful lake, I mean, look at that in the, in the corner. If, you, if you're watching this in 360, there's a little cottage the other side of the lake and uh, we've got this manor house behind us, but looking ahead to, to, to the coming year, what are your goals then for, you know, with your success so far, what, what, what's, the what's the next thing for Alison? So I am filming next month a short um, film, but my first time as uh, an uh, actress, for lack of a better word, because I usually do, they call it factual non-scripted, don't they? You go in and you sort of be yourself, whereas this time I've got a part, a speaking part in this film. So, uh, that again, it's a bit of a, you know, off-piece of what I normally yeah. do. But I'm always looking for new skills and it helps my IMDB, to be honest, so I'm going to do that. Um, so we can see you at the Oscars, could we, or BAFTA? Who knows? Well, I was at Cannes for the festival, for the uh, MIMA, for whatever it's called, for the TV yeah. stuff. So who oh, knows? Wow. I might be there for the Pam Door, whatever yeah. you call it. So, yeah, and more, um, more speaking, more travel more supporting people and more like again supporting my own team because if you know i support them to support me yeah. to support ultimately the clients and people that read the books that's amazing well um alison thank you very much for today it's been great talking to you i i, I think i i, I w probably want to do this again and find out where you've got to in the next stage of uh, Ooh, your life oh, who knows maybe maybe we'll walk along and you will be clutching an oscar or hollywood or baby yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so uh no thank you very much it's it's also super great to meet you face to face after so long as well yeah i uh, know it's my pleasure completely and uh you have a super day thank you so much thank you tim take care thank you Remember, you can watch the video version of this podcast on youtube.com forward slash at 360 Timmy. Episodes are available in regular or 360 view. More links on 360timmy.com.